Welcome to the More Like Podcast with me, Jackie. This is a place for us to uncover our truth and learn from each other's similarities and figure out ways to celebrate what makes us different. Get ready to challenge yourself to see how things in life and the people who are in it are more alike than you may think. I'm so happy you're here. Hey everybody and happy, happy Monday. I am so incredibly grateful that you guys either subscribed and saw that I had a new episode or if this is your first time listening, I see you. I am so happy you guys are here and what an amazing episode for you guys to start on. Um, I have a great conversation with one of my new really good friends, um, but before we get into all of that, I just wanted to kind of touch base with you guys. This week has been a fast and slow week for me on my end. I can't believe it's already the beginning of a new week, and I mean, last week I was feeling super under the weather. Um, I was worried. I was kind of having a very, very low-grade fever, body aches, thinking like, oh, is this the flu? Is this allergies? Is it a cold? Is it COVID? And out of just an abundance of caution, I went ahead and got COVID tested or rapid testing, and I tested negative and just kind of monitored my symptoms all weekend, stayed home, um, just to make sure that I I'm okay before I like go out and see anybody else and I think it's just a constant reminder that this thing is still here and taking care of ourselves is a huge priority as well as taking care of others so this is just my shameless plug to wear a mask wash your hands social distance when you can and you know still if you can try your best to stay home I recognize that we're all getting a little bit stir crazy but if you can, more often than not, stay home, order in food, still buy local, the whole get in caboodle. You guys have been hearing it all the time. You don't need to hear it from me, but just know that, you know, I'm thinking of you guys. I hope um, you're thinking of you, you're thinking of me, you're thinking of others, um, just because we're all in this thing together. So back to our wonderful guest, Fernie Barcelo. Um, funny story. Whenever I, I think this was in the spring semester, I had just started the More Like podcast. I had found Taylor Anderson, which is a previous guest, which I would definitely go back and listen to her episode on emotional intimacy. But I was listening to, um, I was listening to like the stuff that she puts out or watching the stuff that she puts out. And she talks a lot about being a virtual assistant and how she became one, something I really admire from her. And so I was like, oh, maybe that's something I could do while I'm finishing out this last year of grad school. It's something I could do from home. I don't have to worry about going to campus and all all of that, right? So I look and look and look and I find Fernie. I find her on Instagram. She lives in Austin and small world. She is also from the same town that I was born in. And so I sent her an email kind of, you know, offering up my services. The worst that she could say is no, right? And so I'm like, hey, I am a grad student. I'm also from Laredo. I love what you do. If there's any way that I can help you, I would love to be able to be a virtual assistant of any kind. It's like a big ask for me. Um, And so she responds back. She's so sweet. She's like, hey, I would love to chat with you. And so we FaceTime, 
Um, and she basically tells me, you know, that she would love to get to know me and that she loves that I'm from her hometown. And she just met me with so much grace and compassion. Although I'm not her virtual assistant, she offered me up a, um, like a mentorship kind of program, a place where I could just like lean into her and ask her questions, unsolicited questions, um, really and just text her, set up FaceTime calls. So she's kind of become a mentor for me, um, all things social media, marketing, um, authenticity, alignment, all of that, especially whenever I am creating content for you guys. Um, you know, Fernie is a great sounding board for me and she didn't have to do any of that. She was super honest, like that her business isn't necessarily in a place that needs a virtual assistant, but here's another offering I can give to you because I feel like this is a good thing for us to do together. And so far it has been. After a couple of weeks of calls and everything, you know, I asked her if she would be willing to come onto the podcast. And of course she said yes, because she's wonderful. And so you guys are being blessed with so much wisdom. Honestly, like a free therapy session right here, right now on the More Like podcast. Um, we dive into alignment. And a little bit about Fernie, she is basically your non-traditional therapist. She considers herself a holistic therapist that integrates the theoretical, analytical, and spiritual at the core of her practice. Her mission is to acknowledge true healing that can only be achieved when we equally honor our mind, body, and soul. She has nearly a decade of personal and professional experience and uses that to guide women as to live a wholehearted and authentic life. She also practices yoga. We get into that towards the end of the episode. And she is a big devotee of the practice. Honestly, she's like goals. She's the way she like talks about it. And not only does she practice yoga, but she like lives yoga and it exudes in how she talks about things. Um, you guys will just have to, to keep listening, but she's really, really great. And she offers so many different things to her community. She is definitely a great follow, definitely a great person to get connected with, whether it's yoga, whether it's inner child work, whether it's alignment, authenticity, um, anything that can kind of help you learn more about you to break through the struggles that you're having. She is a great person to have just kind of as a resource. I'm so blessed that she welcomed me into her little space of the universe and into the world because I think that my life is honestly forever changed by knowing her. And I know that you guys are going to absolutely love this episode. Um, she shares all about her own definition of authenticity, how she brings that into her practice, not only with herself, but how she models it to her clients. She talks about understanding and knowing your unique voice and learning how to amplify that so that it drowns out everything around you. I know you guys hear that a lot, but I think it's such an important message that needs to get like drilled into our core. And then we talk about tangible ways that you can integrate, integrate and start practicing alignment today. I feel like this word is something that just kind of gets thrown around in the health and wellness space and kind of gets used not appropriately. And so she really breaks down what authenticity and alignment is for her so that it's no longer this um, word that just doesn't really make sense anymore, something that you can actually apply to your life. 
Um, and as always, if you feel this episode resonates with you in any way, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. I love to share reviews on the More Like Podcast Instagram. Be sure to go follow me there. Um, as I stumble around still trying to figure out social media marketing, I love you guys. I hope you love this episode, and I can't wait to chat with you guys very, very soon. We will, we will talk then. All right, enjoy the episode. We haven't caught up in a while. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. I appreciate it. Um, I feel like, as all of us have, we've been moving through the waves of COVID and good weeks, bad weeks, good days, bad days, good hours, bad hours. <laughs> it fluctuates all the time. But um, I am sort of a borderline introvert. I like to stay it that way because I was not always this introverted but now at 34 I certainly enjoy my time at home and nesting and everything like that so for me that part of the quarantine has been very grounding for my nervous system um and that's always kind of like kept my head above water through all this stuff that I can kind of be at home and be with my dog and be with my husband and see the couple of people that I do see very nice on the system right I'm not spread as thin as I used to be um and as you know, luckily all of my my clients are now online. Everybody was very flexible about moving stuff online. So very grateful that work is still rolling along and really good. And none of that has been affected very much, um, at least financially, right, by by all of this stuff. So I'm doing good, Jackie. Thank you. Yeah. And I think <laughs> you touched on already like a lot of things, being able to create a space for you that feels good and feels like you can return to yourself. And I know you guys just moved. Congratulations. Thank it's you. so exciting. <laughs> and it's weird. I think we're all still learning how to like celebrate the positives and the beauties that mm-hmm. are going on with things mm-hmm. that are so hard and difficult. People that are feeling forced to have to go back to work or right. maybe putting themselves in situations where they're not necessarily able to do everything from home um but learning that we can sit with both things the celebrations as well as the sorrows um but you talking about creating a space that you can return to and enjoy and nest and feel like I have my own little workspace I have my sleep space I have my yoga space um for all the things that fill you up and make you happy so I'm so happy that you guys are doing that and and two it's just like such a it's like a weird time me and my (laughs) sister were just on the phone and it's It's like where's the the time ever it's like where's the boundaries where are the lines she was like I liked it so much better when everybody was forced to stay home it just made (laughs) things so clear like what the boundaries were and she's yeah now it's a little more confusing it's more confusing and then you start second guessing yourself and your choices without trying to judge other people and other choices mm-hmm. but it's like doing what feels right for you sometimes in alignment with like what your choices are you're like right. how could other people be making other decisions it's just hard it's yeah, so it's it a is. weird time it is a weird time i think we're all trying our best with what we have right now and i think that has to be good enough that is enough yeah. Right? Well, for a lot of us, I mean, we can't do much more than that. And just with, I mean, at the very beginning, so much of what I even talked about with my clients was just regulating your nervous system and normalizing the ridiculous swings of emotions that were happening for so many of us. And maybe for a lot of people, like a, the first time with that kind of intensity, 
And so I think that for many of us, like our best is actually way more than we've ever, like if we're surviving now, if we're able to have some semblance of normalcy in this time right now, we're doing pretty damn good. I agree. I think (laughs) (laughs) like I freaking agree. I was telling my sister, I was like, it's never going to go back. Like this is how things are now. We can only Mm -hmm. learning how to respect other people's boundaries too. It's been a huge thing and forced. I think a lot of us to have hard conversations around boundaries and Mm -hmm. communication and recognizing we're all doing different things that feel right for our own families, our own friendships, our own work relationships and everything and and navigating that's kind of, it's 2020 has forced us to do a lot of things that we didn't want to face. Yeah, absolutely. It's had, it's had us, it's the face in the dirt moment. It's like when you really see what is sort of lurking in the shadows that you were really easily able to avoid because your life was so busy and you were running around and sitting in traffic and going going out and doing this and doing that and now everybody's like oh crap there's a there's a lot of shit here unchecked yeah there's a lot of shit that I've not dealt with that now (laughs) is screaming at me like this is time um I was just having a conversation I think a couple weeks ago now that we're going through this like collective trauma of like Mm -hmm. this is this is our way of the universe telling us like you were never going to slow down as a collective. Yeah. Like this is something that had to be put in place for you guys to like freaking look inward and deal with your shit because not only are you harming yourself, you're harming so many other people outside of the pandemic. This is like metaphorically speaking and it just showed up. I think it presented itself as the pandemic, but I think it has forced a lot of people to, to look inward and deal with. Yeah, it absolutely has. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, we kind of just like started going (laughs) off, but um, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Who is this woman? I know, Um, like, who is this lady seeing clients? I know. What's she she doing? (laughs) Um, Sure. So my name is Fernie Barcelo, Fernie short for Fernanda. Um, I am a holistic therapist for women and women identifying human beings here in Austin. Um, I do holistic therapy is simply for me a method of therapy that encompasses more than just the analytical and mind focused things. So it focuses on the body and on the spirit as well. Um, I'm also a yoga teacher, a meditation teacher here in Austin. Um, I teach a couple of private, or I'm sorry, public classes a week at uh, the Wanderlust Studio. And um, a big devotee of the practice that is yoga. It's, it's a big part of my heart and a big part of how I try to live in this insane world that we're living in. It's been a very grounding practice um, amidst all of this stuff. Uh, but yeah, I am originally from Laredo, Texas, from the border. That's where I grew up. Yeah, whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> and my parents are from Mexico City. So uh, they immigrated over here when they were in their 20s. Um, to find a better life, as most immigrants do. And I grew up on the border, I grew up in Laredo most of my life, or all of my life, actually, until I turned 18. And then I went to college in San Antonio. And then after college, I moved to Austin to just kind of get a change of scenery and then eventually uh, get my master's degree to start uh, furthering sort of my education in, in psychology. Um, and that's how I got into what I'm into now. 
pretty much. Yeah, I mean, there's more to it, but no, that's a short yeah. version of the story. And so you're a practicing therapist right now. Yes. Your degree is in counseling, your master's degree is in counseling, but yes. you kind of treat your clients from this big picture lens of mm-hmm. recognizing that we are complex as individuals. Mm-hmm. There are many facets to us and when we want to address the one, we need to address the whole. Absolutely. Um, do you find that people come to you looking for that? I know that's like how you market yourself, like mm-hmm. in your beautiful website and your Instagram, <laughs> but do you feel like, or is there still some educating on what that actually looks like when people come to a session with you? I definitely make it a point, even if I feel like they know sort of what holistic means, to sort of walk through them, walk through with them what a session with me would look like. Because, um, I mean, therapists work in very different ways, even if we're sort of labeled under the same methodology, holistic or whatever it is. So I do like to have sort of a consultation call with my clients to make sure that we walk through what they can expect if they come in session with me. Um, And for me, it really is using multiple approaches outside of analyzing or outside of talk therapy that helps encompass this um, multifaceted uh, way of being like you were, you were mentioning earlier, Jackie. So it's, you know, it's lots of things that I've also learned obviously in my yoga practice that have, come in and supplemented all of the stuff that I've learned in my psychology education uh, that hold each other so beautifully in this way where uh, my clients can experience a type of therapy that really takes into account sort of like the more subtle aspects of a human being, which for me really is like what I call spiritual, whether or not you believe in something, I think we all have a bit of a spiritual side, right? Whether you believe in God or the universe or spirit or nature, even in love, even in yourself, right? There are these esoteric non-tangible themes that uh, every human being at some point in their life struggles with, maybe has an existential crisis over, right? And so for me, it, it feels very much needed. And especially with women, especially because I'm dealing so heavily with feminine energy and feminine energy is so much about the non-tangible, right? The the emotional, the hidden. Yes, the emotional body, the sort of watery, amalgamous, cloudy, non-definable things that make us human beings, women, intuition, right? All of those things that we can't really like hold in our hands. Um, And so very naturally, since I see women as clients, you know, those aspects of, of, of their personalities and their struggles with that kind of stuff comes up all the time. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when you talked about spirituality, whatever people believe, recognizing that there's space for everything here and truly on this cosmic level, we are energetic beings. Mm -hmm. We, we just are, we're beings of matter and the way that we show up in the world really does affect the way the world interacts with us too, just on like an actual matter of fact way. And so I think that you really use different modalities to help tap into whatever I'm sure in the realms of comfortability with your clients, you know, whatever they're ready for. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's so beautiful because it interweaves a different layer that's already there. It kind of just exposes or peels it back. And 
my question to you is, is I'm just curious now, like whenever people do come and they're open and they're willing and they're like, this is a little bit out there different for me, but I want to stretch myself. My therapist yeah. uses that word a lot, yeah. a lot of like stretching. Uh-huh. Um, would, would you say that they're surprised with the rewards or the reaping or the changes that they see whenever they really start doing this type of work, whether it's um, meditation or breath work or crystals or mm-hmm. tarot, whatever pieces or modalities that you also integrate with talk therapy? Yes, I think that a lot of the time and, and honestly, like esoteric has all of these layers, right? We can get real super woo woo and then we can just talk about the fact that like there's like you were speaking to like energetic facets of being a human being that are very much based in science, right? Like the fact that, you know, there's a lot of physics stuff that we don't have to get into. And I don't even, I don't even have the brain capacity really to explain, right? That, um, that really makes that a true thing, you know, that we're, we're more than just flesh and bones. But I think that what catches people off guard isn't the super woo woo stuff. Like I'm not sitting there, making them hold a crystal in their hand and all of a sudden they have like some epiphany. No, really for me, like what people get so surprised by in the work that we do together is what happens when I make them stop talking and sit with their emotions in a way that's very intentional and where they're really paying close attention and they don't have any distractions or anywhere to run. Um, And, you know, that sounds a little torturous, but I promise it's not. It's this... It's this, like, uh, maybe for the first time ever sitting with some of these emotions that they've been running from their whole lives and truly understanding them for what they are. Um, And, you know, this is such so closely tied to inner child work, which is a big part of what I do because to cultivate compassion for some of those really difficult to hold emotions it's important to remember that many of our triggers and our patterns and our our negative behaviors and habits were developed out of something that happened to a very innocent child a long, long time ago. And it doesn't even need to be severe sort of capital T trauma. It could just be the fact that maybe your mother wasn't super affectionate or dad worked too much because he had to, but his presence affected his non-presence affected you in some way. So to really understand that we don't need to do more thinking and more reading and listen, you know, listen to more people talk about it. We need to listen to ourselves. And as we start to talk about alignment, which I'm sure we'll get into more and more here, that for me is such a huge part of what alignment even is. It's the ability to quiet everything else out, all of that external noise, all of that external influence, even your families even your best friends, even your husbands, even your wives, and to truly sit with yourself long enough so that you reach a point of understanding yourself. I think this is the perfect transition because (laughs) a big thing I'm working on also in therapy is exactly that, learning to advocate for myself in a way that I stop talking and I start listening because Mm. so much of our life we start saying things or we're doing things or we're acting in a way, but that's not really who we are. Right. It's a mask. Right. And this is my own experience. And I'm sure maybe you're saying, yes, the experience of a lot of people that you see. And I think the masks of everybody puts on in the world. And then you mm-hmm. strip that mask away and you're like, who the fuck am I? You <laughs> yeah. don't even know. You no, know you don't. I mean? You have you have to have that moment where <clears throat> you have to can't you can't even like 
you have to realize that the thing that you had thought was true all along isn't. And there's a big sort of moment of, of crisis there. Like some people call it the dark night of the soul or just that moment, that, that existential crisis where you're like, wait, what? Yes. <laughs> like somebody pulled the curtain aside yeah. and you had like this really deep insight about yourself. Yeah. Yes. I had that moment in therapy the other day, you know, I'm sitting there and we're talking and my question was, how do I learn to hear myself? How mm. do I know to trust myself? I don't mm -hmm. want to lead myself astray. I'm worried about that. I trust other people more than me. Mm. And he's like, let's talk more about that. And we ended up just having a conversation about um, just me recognizing that I like the version that I of myself that I've been, and I'm scared that mm -hmm. when I start doing things that feel aligned, what mm -hmm. of things that I can trust, um, that that's going to show up and present as a different person, and I'm yeah. scared. Yeah. And he said that's normal, like that's okay. Right. So I guess now coming back into alignment, like tell me about alignment and what it means to you, Fernie, and then mm -hmm. I guess maybe we can transition into like how you try to model that or teach that to clients or yeah. just people in general, what you, the message you try to share to others. Yes. So for a really long time, I mean, for me, authenticity and alignment kind of mean the same thing. Um, alignment feels much more like the action of authenticity, right? Like if I am being authentic, then I'm aligned in my actions, right? So uh, for me, the, the way that I define alignment is it's the clicking of your wheels on the appropriate tracks. Like if you think about um, just like railroad tracks, if we were to put something on a railroad track that isn't a train, right? It's a car, a wagon, something that doesn't click onto the tracks, that thing would be moving down the tracks in a really awkward, cumbersome, wobbly way. It might fall off. It might, you know, fly off the rails when it takes a turn. You know, it's not going to be a comfortable ride. It's not going to be a smooth ride. For me, alignment means that your wheels have clicked onto the appropriate track, that like there's a train on those railroad tracks, right? And so to find it, for me, it really is sometimes, most of the times, a trial and error process and recognizing when the ride of your life feels really forced and cumbersome and heavy and like you don't know who you are and you keep hitting up against walls over and over again, it means you're not on the right track. It usually means that you're doing something, whether it's conscious or subconscious, and a lot of the times it's subconscious, that just isn't truly what you want to do or who you are deep down inside. So when we start locking into those different tracks in our lives, for example, when I start uh, the career path that I'm truly meant for, or when I start expressing my real opinions instead of people pleasing, it might be difficult and it might be hard, but it feels smooth because you don't leave those interactions going, oh, why the fuck did I say that? Or why, why do I keep showing up here? Or, you know, I hate this. I don't know why I keep doing it over and over again. That for me is a really clear sign that somewhere in your life, and we've got many tracks, but somewhere in your life, you're just not clicked onto the right one. Because when you are, and I'm sure you've noticed this in your own life, Jackie, when you are, it feels smooth. It feels right. It feels easy. It feels like you're cruising. And a lot of the times that's when we feel like the flow, right? The flow state or the sort of like this universal reciprocity where we're like lined up with what we're supposed to be lined up and then we get rewards for it and we keep getting momentum on it because it feels right and then 
we get sort of outside external um, signs or messages or support that are like, yes, yes, keep doing this thing, girl. Like it's it's for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you said something there about it's a trial and error process. Yes. Uh, there's nothing more true than that. Honestly, yeah. I, f- <laughs> I feel you That's your whole realize- 20s. That <laughs> decade is all trial and error. That's what that's Gosh, for. I'm like, I'm hitting, I just got into my Saturn return. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> buckle up for the crazy. Um, but no, hopefully- but it's, it's a good crazy because if you use a Saturn return, Right. If you don't resist the lessons that are being brought into your life, you get on those tracks way faster. And that was what I was going to say is like, I think too, with alignment for me, at least, I didn't realize I was out of alignment Mm -hmm. until I started feeling Mm -hmm. over here, like, oh, that's what this is supposed to be. That's what this is supposed to feel like. That other thing was like, not the right thing. So I think too, it's difficult when people are just spinning their wheels and they're yeah. not able to get out of things. And they're like, everybody's talking about this bullshit alignment. Like mm-hmm. I'm in this muck, but mm-hmm. they haven't necessarily tried something different to click. Yeah. And two, there's this enigma of like, when you're in alignment, you're going to stay in alignment. I don't think that's true either. No, that's, de- that's definitely not true. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no super gluing yourself to the right tracks. No, you're going to fly off eventually because if you have a breakup or somebody dies or you lose your job or you lose your house. I don't, you know, I don't know what Buddhist monk you need to be to not let that affect you, but it's going to affect you. Right. And you might go into a depression. You might get really sad. You might get really angry. You might get really volatile. And I'm not saying that those things are like good thumbs up if you're doing that, but it's a normal human reaction to a struggle and a big, and a big challenge. And just because you're lined up, life doesn't care and is not going to throw you curveballs anymore. But I think that this is the part that's important for us to remember. Alignment is within your control. Like aligning to the right things and the right people and the right way of being is under your control. Whatever happens outside of of that is not, right? Like if it rains tomorrow, if COVID goes away, if, um, you know, a tornado hits your home, like none of that is under your control. So when those out of control things happen, if you're in alignment, you'll be less rocked by it, but you might, but you're probably still going to be rocked by it, right? You're not going to not have some reaction to it, depending on the level of severity of the thing is. And so I think that the practice of alignment is just that. It's a practice that we have to show up every single day to, and it's not something that we just lock into and run. If only it were that easy, right? It's like yoga. If I'm not on my mat doing some sort of movement every day, my hamstrings will get tighter, right? My core will get weaker. I might start getting back pain. I can't do a yoga class once and expect the effects of it to just stay with me for the rest of my life. I need to show up every day until the day that I die if I want to keep those effects going, right? But it's like anything else. If I do it enough, I can have phases where I don't, you know, it's just, it's the same thing with alignment for me. It's like, for me, authenticity includes messiness and it includes failure and making mistakes, and um, looking stupid, and, and feeling embarrassed, and sometimes even feeling ashamed because you made a mistake so big and bad, right? But you're human at the end of the day. And so for me, it's about getting back on the track, right? Like something is going to knock you off of it, even if it's yourself, even if it's your own bad decision. Let's not spend too much time obsessing that that happened. How can we get back on track as soon as possible? What can I do 
that day, that week, that month, that helps me feel like I can come back to it, right? Even if it was at my own doing or if it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, or even leading you to a different track. Yeah. With a total, with like a bigger, with a bigger train. Like maybe there's things in your life that are growing and things in your life that are moving and what you used before it mm-hmm. as a mode of transportation isn't necessarily going to be able to get you to the same place or the same location. Right. Right. And recognizing that it's okay if you're fi- figuring out that you're out of alignment, but also recognizing exactly what you were talking about, about my Saturn's return, like recognizing that these are tools and ways to help me click mm-hmm. back in whatever mm-hmm. mode it is mm-hmm. a little bit quicker. Right. So it's not as, um, I guess, emotionally taxing. Or yeah, you're not, not like flailing around flailing. for too long. You might flail for a little bit and that's fine, mm-hmm. right? But you don't want your life to be flailing around, which is no. sometimes what people feel like when they're out of alignment. They're just like, I'm just reaching for whatever. Somebody tell me what to do, right? And that's, again, it's this thing of looking outside of yourself. For me, that really is the epitome of misalignment. It's that I'm making all of my decisions based off what somebody else told me I should be doing or shouldn't be doing. And if you think about how much influence we have today of outside opinions, I mean, hello, like, what do you call those people on Instagram that want to, like, move your stuff? Influencers! (laughs) And nothing against influencers. They're making a career on Instagram, but that word for me is very telling of what it does, right? The social media influences us in lots of different ways and what we should look like, what we should buy, what we should wear, all of these different things. And what that does oftentimes is rub up against our true nature, right? Like if a girl on Instagram is, you know, she's got a, a beautiful, bright white smile, right? And she's like, buy this tooth whitener because it'll give you a bright white smell like me. That makes me go in the mirror and go, oh my God, my teeth are yellow and gross and disgusting compared to hers. If I would have never seen that, I might have never thought that way about my teeth. I would have thought maybe my teeth are just fine because they look like everybody else's teeth around me, right? And that's a silly example, but for me, that's really what it does all day long. And I don't know if this is shifting away from from the topic at hand, but for me, one of the things you actually asked me this earlier. One of the main things that I try to present on social media, like through my, my Instagram is the opposite of that. It's this sort of space where people can hear constant messages of like, it's okay. You're doing great. And even if you're on the floor crying, mascara running down your face, you're doing fine. You're, 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 you're just having a human moment. We all have them, right? It's basically me being like, look at my yellow teeth. They look like yours, don't they? Like this kind of like, I want, I want people, to, I want the message that people get from me on that space to be the opposite of, of, of this overwhelming message of like, you need to be different. And the part that really sort of gets me going is that there's so much buzz around the wellness world that that's been commodified into something that Um, can be very much like any other thing that uses marketing, which is buy this because it will make you better, right? It'll make you happier. It'll It'll make make you you look like that person. Yes, it'll make your teeth whiter. It'll make you skinnier. It'll make you happier. But even in the wellness industry, it's sort of like it'll make you, it'll, you know, align this. It'll... uh, Ground here. Yes, it'll, it'll sort of erase all of these things. And, and for me, it's very important for people to be able to identify that even in these spaces, 
which don't get me wrong, there's a lot of really wonderful people in the wellness industry who are doing good things. But like in any other industry, in any other space, there's people who are just there to sort of for the bottom line and then to make money, right? And so I always want to first and foremost, like present a space, whether it's through what I post or even what I speak to online, that makes people feel very, very um, comfortable and very sort of like, I can just kick back and have like a pajama party here at this place. Like Fernie's messages make me feel like I don't need anything and I don't need to do anything. And, and the, and the gentle pushes that I do give are usually self-inquiry, which then goes back to this, like, we're not also supposed to plug our ears at everything. We're supposed to get curious and try to sit with ourselves long enough to ask those questions of like, what do I want to align with? But it doesn't need to be done through shame. It doesn't need to be done through, unless you take this course, unless you buy this product, unless you meditate this certain way, then you're never going to have it. And, and first and foremost, that's bullshit because nobody has the recipe to enlightenment and happiness because if they did, they would be multi-bajillionaires and we'd all be listening to what they're saying and they're, they'd be like worshipped on some platform, right? I'm like, it's a they reason don't. why- Nobody it's has a, it. No, it's a reason why monks are so quiet and they do a lot of inquiry. They keep it all to themselves. That's like, true. You, the real quietest, people are crazy. Yes, the quietest <laughs> people you ever meet are the most enlightened ones because they know it's not about- you know, commodifying this, this it's not knowledge. about all this. No, babe, it's not. And so it gets really frustrating to be in that world when I of feel, course. especially because since I work, uh, I, I work closely with women who are very much into, into the wellness culture because obviously they come to me, you know, they're, they're yogis, they're, they're practitioners of different sort of, uh, methodologies outside of like the classic Western approaches to things. They, they like energy work. They like, uh, all of that stuff. So they have a lot of the times this, this sort of um, self, loss of self-esteem because they see other people doing things that they're being told they need to do in order to sort of reach the next quote-unquote level of wellness or whatever you want to call it. And it just makes them feel really small and not important and like the work that they are working on or where they are in their life isn't valuable enough so terrible my question to you after all of this is and you touched on it a little bit and from what i'm hearing really is is so in a world where we are so inundated with data where we're so inundated with other people's voices and other people's opinions of what we should shouldn't be buy shouldn't buy have Mm -hmm. shouldn't have Mm -hmm. the happiness that we should be experiencing because Mm -hmm. they're happy and your life if you're not over here with 1.1 million followers yeah um is is not mine um how do we realize or how do we learn to trust our voice with our 400 followers or our (laughs) friends or even if we're not on social or whatever is it through that self-inquiry is it through all these techniques of alignment through authenticity um or what are some ways that we can tap into hearing ourselves yeah, I the number one thing that I tell every client, no matter what she's what she's coming to me for or what her goals in therapy are, is to meditate. That is my overall prescription that I give everyone. What and if someone tells you like that's too much? Like I just like to sit with myself. Do you ask further? Well, why or what do you do? I'm, I, I'm thinking about people listening that are like. 
I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've had many of those. Um, <laughs> and here's, here's come to the dark side. Yes. The light side. I the guess. light side, right? <laughs> Um, well, sometimes the dark side, right? If you're sitting with yourself, it can get dark in there, but that's why people are so adverse to it. But here's the thing. Meditation has lots of different meanings to lots of different people. And when I get people who are very resistant to meditating, I try to give them a version of meditation and I don't even call it meditation. I call it sitting. That's what my teacher calls it. She just calls it sitting. Why? Because it removes the expectation of anything. Because if my client just goes and sits in a corner. It doesn't have to be on a meditation cushion. It doesn't have to be surrounded by Buddhas. It doesn't have to be anything. If she just sits in a corner for five to 10 minutes in silence, she meditated. She doesn't have to chant. She doesn't have to think of anything. She doesn't have to count anything. The other, the supplemental tools that I give people are so we can help battle that chatty that chatty ass brain we have, right? Breathing and, and pranayama exercises, breathwork exercises, all they really do inherently, and this can be to many levels, which is why they're so beautiful, is regulate the nervous system, right? They calm us down, they make us feel safe, and they give us something to focus on when we're sitting in silence. So that might be counting, right? That might just be saying a word on the inhale or a word on the exhale. For most people, counting just gives their brain something to do, right? Which is nice when they're sitting with themselves mantras and a guided meditation of any type is the same thing. It just gives something for our, our brain to sort of hold on to rather than just sitting in this empty void, which can be really scary for people, understandably so, especially people with deep trauma. Um, so when I tell people that and they're adverse to it, I was like, is there any version of sitting with yourself that you could say yes to? Like, is it five minutes with your eyes open in the daytime? right? Is it, is it pumping in someone else's guided meditation so that somebody helps you walk through it and you don't have to sit there by yourself? Is it putting on your favorite sort of classical calm music so you feel held by the music? Is it saying some words that mean a lot to you, like whatever, inhale peace, exhale stress? I don't know. Uh, and, all, and I've never had a person say no to that. We've always found some version of this practice that they can willingly do right that, that doesn't feel like they're pointing a gun to their head and um if it's if it's really not that if like there's a listener out there that says i don't care how you want to frame it for any i don't want to sit there by myself with my own thoughts then journal it's the second best alternative right it's it's you don't have to sit in silence with it you're moving you're doing something you're using your brain right but you're still sitting with those feelings and you're putting them on a piece of paper which is really nice for the mind also um, and you're giving yourself this opportunity to, in, in Sanskrit and yoga, there's a word called svadhyaya, and that's self-study, right? And it's a, it's a principal tenet in the philosophy of yoga because they place such huge priority on the study of you, right? And it's nice because as therapists are like, that's what we do, right? But for a person who can't afford a therapy or has never been to therapy or maybe doesn't want to go to therapy, what I, would, what I would put for in front of them is what is your own version of self-study? And what I mean by that is when do you ever sit with yourself and think about your habits, your ways of de dealing with things? Why do I do this when people say that? Why do I react like this when my partner says that one word? Why does this piss me off so much, right? Have you ever sat there and asked your questions and then sat with the question long enough to actually get a genuine answer, right? So it doesn't need to be meditation. 
However, it is the simplest and most accessible version of self-inquiry and, and pausing with yourself that you can do. Um, and then without that, looping this all back to authenticity, you can't know who you are if you don't sit with yourself. It's just like anyone else, right? How many times have you sat and had a conversation with your best friend? Hours. Probably years worth of hours, right? With your very best friend. Think about it. If you had sat with her five times, she wouldn't be your best friend. You'd hardly know her. She'd be that girl that works at the office across from you that you never really say hi to, right? Like, oh, she's nice, but I don't really know anything about her. (laughs) It's the same thing with ourselves. And you go, how can I know myself if I never sit with myself, if I never had a conversation with myself? Or in the case of therapy, if I've never made an intentional choice to help somebody help me have that conversation with myself, Um, which is why I think therapy can be such a beautiful tool to help people who feel really stuck um, in understanding themselves better. I feel um, the pandemic has done a lot of that for me, like forcing me to sit with myself and be yeah. with myself. And yes, it's been that to, to all so, of us. Exactly. And it's been mm-hmm. so transformative and using this as a time to kind of click into those tracks and be like, I used to think I was pretty um, outgoing, which I definitely still am. I think mm-hmm. it's a gift of mine to connect with people, but mm-hmm. recognizing I'm definitely more fluid whenever it comes to the extroversion introversion scale yeah like and that's okay and I actually enjoy being home and this is yeah I enjoy being here and it's a way I would have never known that before I would have never realized that before if I didn't start really getting curious about what are things that in my life that are also changing that are making me feel really good right now Mm -hmm. what are those things all of that is self-inquiry practice Jackie like And I think that, yes, COVID has done us a favor in a weird, weird sort of very warped way where it, yeah, it's like placed this concept of Svajaya on us without sort of asking if we're okay with it or not, right? One, number one is just not being able to leave the home, right? And so there's less, intrinsically less distractions in that, but even with just being at home, not being able to see friends, not being able to have the distraction of work. And having to maybe for the first time really deal with what is there. I think lying under the, the surface. Yeah, using that word distraction is is such a huge word. So yeah. much in our life has been so distracting and adds yeah. to this cloud of noise that just makes it harder for you to truly look in the mirror and see the version of you that makes mm-hmm. the most sense for who you are. Mm-hmm. So meditation, journaling, breath work, um, mantras or guided affirmations, those are all things for self-inquiry that can kind of help align you if you're feeling over-stimulated by the external world. Yes, I think that those for me are sort of like the classic and most accept- accessible ways to do it. Um, therapy is obviously a level above that yes. because it's more financially and time consuming, but even reading a book that can prompt those questions, um, can help with that. I think anything that just gets you to this place of going like, huh, why am I like that? But, but here's the key. You have to ask that question with curiosity and not with not, judgment. Yes. Right. So you, you're not, why am I like that? It's why am I like that? And I, I tell that a lot to my clients. It's like, you can keep asking yourself the things that you're asking yourself. 
but don't ask it in a self-critical way ask it in a curious way so when people are like why did i do that right instead of saying it like that say why did i do that what was happening within me what did i feel in my body what was going on in that moment that made me act this way it gives you compassion too for other people as well. Oh, when yeah. you start removing the judgment and becoming more curious or um, compassionate towards yourself, it yeah. really does lend for you to be compassionate towards other people and why they are maybe acting in a way um, that you don't necessarily understand. And especially in a time right now where we are in such a divisive culture and things are yes. so hyper polarized where it is yeah. really fucking hard to yeah. be kind to people that are different than us but when we really sit back and get curious with ourselves i do think it helps you have at least some sort of inquiry of others and why they are being the way that they're being from a place of not hate but curiosity and love a hundred percent and and just like many other things like the more curious because because that cu- sort of curiosity is inherently, yes, a practice of self-compassion. Because instead of hating on yourself over whatever transpired, you're genuinely curious as to what went on. It's like if a little kid throws a tantrum, it's a difference between what's wrong with you and go- or going down to their level, looking them in the eye and saying, what's, what's wrong with you, baby? What's wrong, right? This, like, how um, can I help you? Yes. And so this act of this practice, again, it's a practice of self-compassion for me is one of the biggest tools, we're talking about tools here, in the journey towards authenticity and alignment, because what you're gonna have to deal with is a lot of the like, why am I like that type of thing? And if you can't hold yourself kindly, right? If you can't go, okay, Fernie, I know you have a bad temper sometimes, but let's think about why, like what's going on? What happened when your husband said that thing? Or what happened when your friend said that thing that really pissed you off? And for me, this is why inner child work, self-compassion work, and authenticity work are like the three main limbs of what I do because they, they're so tied together. You can't do inner child work if you're not self-compassionate. You can't reach alignment if you're not compassionate while investigating old patterns to try to remove those blocks to get to your right tracks, right? And so it's this system that I sort of inadvertently found works really well to create a pathway for people to find and trust and engage with their truest realist selves and show up as much as they can in their lives in in that version right in this full shiny version of themselves mm-hmm. meeting people where they're at is what it sounds like at whatever yes. level and doing that with ourselves state. as much as possible <laughs> yeah and that's exhausting it's hard it's it's, it's not hard. <laughs> kind of going back to your thought about if people had the keys to enlightenment and happiness, like they would be multi-billion dollar people. But the thing is, is the reason why enlightenment and happiness, I think are so not, they're not unattainable, but it's hard is because it's hard fucking work. It's not easy. It's not fun. Sure, you do start seeing things and you start recognizing like in the wins and the the growth and the stretching that you have and experience starts really, telling you like you are moving in the right direction sure mm-hmm. every day is not a step forward but man you are not taking 20 steps back the way you were six no. months ago right no and and when people are really ready to do the work and when i say that it just you can feel it you can feel when somebody's just like i don't want to be that way anymore it, it, it's weighing me down or it's too heavy or 
I'm tired of it. You hear this language in people's in people's description of how their life feels, where I can hear the readiness of them to to start doing this work towards alignment. And when they're ready, it happens at blazing speeds. It doesn't take 30 years to undo 30 years worth of work. It takes one, maybe two years if you're really dedicated to it. Um, and I've seen it myself with my clients. It's just this willingness to say, first and foremost, like, let me look at the, you know, in the, in the, in the closet, all those skeletons that are in there. I have to be willing to do that, which is where the self-inquiry comes in, right? I have to be willing to sit there and sort through my shit. And then after that, right, we go, okay, as I'm sorting through the shit, I have to be compassionate because I don't want to be hard on myself with all these things about me. And then I gain knowledge and understanding of like, why was this there? What are the patterns of my childhood? What did I grow up seeing? What messages did I internalize as I was growing up from society, from my family, whatever, that, that, that created these different masks, like you said, Jackie. I kind of think of it as like, like a thick film over you, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like film after film after film. It's like what society told me I should do, what my parents told me I should do, what uh, this TV show I would watch growing up would tell me I should do. And it's all of these things that, that fog up our clear seeing And so when we're doing this authenticity work, it really is a matter of like, first and foremost, going like, oh, there's a film there that I need to wipe off, first of all, right? Because you haven't, you didn't even recognize it before. You're just walking around with dirty glasses, right? It's like somebody rubbed chapstick all over your glasses or somebody, something, and you couldn't see. First, you have to go, oh, these things are really dirty. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you go, okay, what can I start to do to wipe, wipe it a little cleaner, right? So that moment of like, oh crap, I've been walking around with dirty glasses this whole time can be very, um, very emotionally jarring for people. Um, and I think that that's what keeps them from doing the work because they think they're going to discover a monster in the closet, right? But if you can hold it with compassion and understanding and non-blame, you'll be fine. You'll look at that monster and go, I know where you came from and I'm not mad at you about it. I'm going to work to make sure that you don't drive the ship of my life, but I don't hate you. Right. I understand a, where you came from. Yes. And there's a time and place for you if, if they do serve yes. a purpose in your life still. Exactly. Would you say just for you as a person, as a model to a lot of your clients doing this inner child, compassion, authenticity, leading towards aligned living, doing this hard work, doing these grounding practices. And I do have a question about grounding also. Yeah. I think that's another elusive word. But do you feel like doing all of these things are making you a better wife, a better worker, a better friend, a better mom, where you're like, wow, like, I'm not just like telling you this shit because this is what my textbooks tell me. This is what my life experience. <laughs> yeah. Or do you feel like it's actually like you are, you are picking up what you're putting down. I feel I, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, just cause I feel like there, I think a lot of times when it comes to therapy or people that are in a psychology profession, like I'm in one as well. Yeah. A lot of people are like, you don't, you don't understand. Like here you are, you're sitting in this ivory tower. Like you don't get it. Your life looks like this, Mm -hmm. but it's like, no, no, no. Like I'm doing my own shit and I'm here to tell you like there is, there Mm -hmm. is progress that can be made and you will Mm -hmm. be so happy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm just curious about, about you as the person. Do you feel like these practices and these things have helped I wouldn't be teaching them if they haven't like what would be the point right to just it's it'd be like if I was a golf teacher like zero interest you know what I mean (laughs) nothing against golf but I don't know anything about it um Mm -hmm. 
absolutely jagged. And the reason why I'm the type of therapist that I am and the type of yoga teacher that I am, like these professions that I've created, that is because those practices helped my life so much. Um, I used to be, like most women, very insecure physically, right? I used to hide parts of my personality in order to please or appease other people. I was, you know, I, and it's still very not not fun. Com conflict is not fun for me, right? I, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure there are many people out there, one of them being our president who love conflict. <laughs> um, going off of the last time, that's last debate, but we won't even get into that. But I'm very averse to it. But doing this work taught me where it's important to lift my voice up, to be heard, to push back against decisions that I'm not okay with, um, to set boundaries and draw lines in the sand with people in my life or in jobs or in relationships, to leave something that isn't for me, to say no to things that aren't for me. Um, I've become a, I've become very selfish with my time through this work. And I think that if everybody became that, we would all be much happier human beings because the number one thing that I hear from burned out, stressed out, anxious women is that they're putting everyone else's needs before theirs. And I understand to some degree that has to happen. If you're a mom, if you're a wife, if you're taking care of somebody who's sick, that there's instances where of course you put people in front of you. That's inherent in our nature, especially as women, we're naturally nurturers. We, there's a big part of us biologically that is programmed to sort of hold the family together, right? But and when it's done to an extreme and it's done unchecked, that's really a breeding ground for just becoming lost, misaligned, and, um, and resentful of your life. The and danger so, zone. Yes, the danger zone where we see so many women because they're trying to do it all. They have great intentions, but the way that they're managing their time and how they're giving their energy, their, their prana, isn't regulated by what they think is the right thing. It's regulated by what others are wanting of them, right? So it's saying yes to everything that's asked from them. It's never asking for help because they don't want to burden people. It's uh, taking everybody's opinions to guide their life. If I had a penny for every 25-year-old client that I had that was like, I don't want to study this. I don't even want to go to school. And they did it because it was sort of the pathway presented by their parents. That to me is, is um, it's very difficult because this is why I said that your 20s are your trial and error process. Because what you're doing is basically you're turning into an adult for the first time. And you're looking at some of these layers that you've picked up and you're going, this isn't for me. And I've been wearing this for 10 years and it doesn't even, mm -hmm. it's like it an old shirt fit. in the back of your closet, right? You're like, oh my God, I can't believe I ever wore this and it doesn't even <laughs> fit me anymore. And it's ugly and it's tacky and it doesn't match my personality. And I hate it. Just like you would throw a shirt out of the closet that made you feel that way. I work with my clients, obviously, in a, in a, in a sort of gentle but structured way to make sure that the decisions that they're making on a daily basis are coming from that internal voice, that internal place, that heart space, that again can only be heard if I'm doing that self-inquiry work and I'm quiet long enough to check with myself and say, do I really wanna go to school? Do I really wanna go to get a business degree or do I wanna make jewelry and sell it out of the back of my van, right? Mm -hmm. And there's so much shame and there's so much conditioning around living a life that isn't on the straight and narrow path or on the white picket fence path. Um, and a lot of the work that I do is just really reaffirming women who want to live a different way, whether they don't want to get married or they don't want a traditional career path or they don't want to have children 
we're doing sort of these like quote unquote, like off the, off the beaten path things. We do a lot of self-compassion work because the voice that they have to build louder and stronger than all the voices that condition them to think like you need to get married, you need to go to college, you need to have five kids, you need to do whatever needs to be strong and needs to be able to counter all of that chatter from that old programmed part of themselves, right? It has to be or else it'll never win the game. Mm -hmm. Like in that back and forth, that, that voice needs to be just as loud. And the way that we do that, right, is, is, is through these different types of practices, through the self-inquiry work and through, first of all, even figuring out, like, what does make me happy? What, where would I be if, it did, if money didn't matter or my family's approval didn't matter? You know, many people would say different from what I'm doing right now, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. we're in a society right now that is, from what I see, again, we talked about earlier, like, Maybe this is what I'm kind of curating my feed to look like the people that I'm talking to, the things well, that Instagram's I'm doing that. You're not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. The algorithm, right? Like yes. the things that I'm liking more leaning towards um, seeing that people want to live more of a life that feels right and good for them. Yes. Um, regardless of what society has said or told yes, or shared. Yes, and that shared. makes me so happy. It makes me, me so too. happy to see like young teenagers or people that are like 21 22 already being like fuck the system i'm gonna go do my own thing I'm like yes girl please louder and bigger because you know i'm pretty sure i'm gonna be dead by the time we take a we take a we take a real left turn in this society who it's it's fine i'm gonna be back as something else and i'll be watching over them um but i really it makes me so happy because that's the change that we need in this world right and when the majority of the world thinks the way that we see so much of like Gen Z thinking, right? Mm-hmm. It's so happy because I go, those are the people that are going to really start to shift the system. I mean, it's going to take a couple of generations, but the more people we have that are like, I'm going to embrace my true self. I'm not going to be afraid to come out into the world as who I am and have a community of people that will be like, yes, we support you doing this is going to, is going to shift the world in so many ways because um, that's really what we're missing right now is this, is this, uh, authenticity piece. Yes. This authenticity piece and the support of authenticity, right? Yes. Like not only do you feel like you can be yourself, but you have people around you going, yes, girl, you do you, you keep doing that. It right. Because we need be. that. We need that in yeah. order. It's like fertilizer. It makes us go into that faster, and- grow faster. And for anybody who's listening, do not let this mistake you. Like if there is, if you do see a life for yourself where you want to have the husband, have the kids, that's oh, yeah. right for you. Like, well, that's, that's authentic. Great. That's authentic to them then. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that that is your truth and your voice, that's what this whole conversation is about. And yeah. I love that you are teaching people these tangible, practical, functional, easily accessible tools to learn to lead and live a life that's steps them out of the shadows and gives them a strong foundation into alignment like a foundation that reminds them to step out of the shadows and into alignment yeah that's what I was trying to say and I just think that's so beautiful because we need this strong foundation and that foundation is not what everybody else in the outside is telling us that foundation is us right it is it very much is it's your own heart it's your own voice it's it's who you were. This is, this is again, I know I go back to inner child work a lot, but it's who you were when you were a kid and didn't know that you were supposed to play a certain way 
or use your voice a certain volume or whatever it is. Like when you see kids playing with, with, without any sort of like care in the world, right? They're screaming, they're laughing, they're hopping, they're jumping, they're throwing themselves around. They have this joy that I think comes from being like this really, really uh, true version of yourself. And I think that for all of us, you know, when we're able to do the work of peeling back all of that conditioning and all of those stories that we were told growing up and even, you know, reiterated now, um, that's the place that we hopefully get back to. Obviously, we can never be children, children again, but we get to experience life in this free way where we're not going off of everybody's rules and expectations anymore. Um, and there really is such a deep joy in that, which is why I feel like it's such a, such the main tenet of my work because it changes everything in your life when you can be comfortably yourself. It changes your relationships. It changes what job you choose. It changes how you talk to people day to day. Um, and it helps you be greedy with your time because you go, I'm going to live my life for me, not for this person, not for that person, but really for myself so that I can show up to my relationships and to other people in my life that need me with greater joy, right? You can be a better mom, a better wife, a better student, a better daughter, a better sister. When you love yourself, I'm not walking around being resentful and projecting that into everyone for me. People who are angry and really bitter and can't help but project sort of all of that malice out into the world, it's, it's, it's a direct reflection of the struggle that they're having with themselves. Um, and so when we're able to break through that even just a little bit, we show up to all of these relationships in our lives so much better. We're ready to serve. And if you're in a field like yours and mine, Jackie, where you're serving on a, on a daily basis, if you're not doing that work, you will burn out. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, because you can't give and give and give and forget about the person that's here, right? That's here. I think um, alignment and authenticity also is a homecoming. Oh, yes. I love that word. Mm-hmm. It's a homecoming. It's a returning to yourself. And yes. um, I know we have, I mean, there's like so much because it's like <laughs> yoga. Like all, I think it's making a lot of sense to me as why people are also resistant to yoga as well, because yoga is mo- so much more than an exercise. Mm-hmm. It's good for that as well. It's good to move your body and stretch it in a way that literally feels so good, but mm-hmm. it really is a grounding practice to put yeah. your feet on the mat or on the floor or whatever you're doing to breathe. You talked about breathing and regulating. I mean, I am a chronic deep breather. Like people are always like, are you okay? Well, that's not a bad problem to have. No, it's not. It's great. And, and I feel whenever you start tapping into those parts of yoga, it becomes a gift for you Mm -hmm. to see yourself as you are and show up as you are without Mm -hmm. judgment. But again, you have to find the right teachers, the whole kit and caboodle. But I've, I'm learning now that this is probably why people are so resistant to it too, because it is also a homecoming and, and sometimes you're, you are not necessarily, you're not ready. For yeah. It. You might not be ready for that experience, but yes, I mean, if, I mean, yes, we can talk about this for, for. I know, months. I know for longer than an hour. <laughs> but, but what I was going to say about basically yoga in general is that, you know, yoga is this practice of the return to the self of, and not just that, but a return to you so that you realize that you are no different 
from anything else out there. That, that's what we call sort of like the collective consciousness that you are me and I am you and I am a part of this great big beautiful web that is existence, right? Which is the opposite of divisiveness, right? Mm -hmm. When I see myself in other human beings, I'm way less likely to hurt them, to, to be racist to them, to put them down, to be aggressive um, or to think I'm better than them. And so when I am able to hold myself with that same love and patience and compassion, you bet your ass I'm doing it for other people. It's so yes. much easier to do it for other people because it doesn't feel like it's outside of you. Um, so it's, it's this, you know, it's this beautiful like uh, practice where it's like, I'm, I'm doing this for me. I'm trying to be more self-compassionate. I'm trying to be more authentic. I'm trying to be blah, blah, blah. But in turn, what I'm doing is putting that forward in all of my relationships with other people. Um, and, mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you make, when you start making these aligned decisions, people see your energy mm -hmm. changes, your experience shifts, your reality shifts. And people energetically, I think, see that too. And they want to start maybe doing that as well. So yeah kind of bringing it back to authenticity and alignment as a form of self-compassion, as a form of love, as a form of truly just getting curious about your inner workings is not only the best thing, like you said, you could do for yourself, but for other people too. Right. And that's what we should all strive to do, to make a better world. And it all kind of fits together because then we're more mindful with our own time and everybody's more mindful with their own time. If everybody yes. was mindful of everything, <laughs> how you said, yeah. we'd probably get so much more done in we a would, kind we way. Have a lot less, <laughs> yes. And we have a lot less pissed off people in the world, right? Because <laughs> if I'm respecting my eight hours of sleep or whatever it is, then I won't expect, you know, my employee to answer an email at two in the morning. You know what I mean? Like, yes, yep. you're absolutely right. It is, it is this influence and it's like, and yes, it is. It's, it's a, it's a, whenever you talk about a work culture, right. The, the reason that, that, that is so influential is because if everybody around you is answering their emails at 2am, you bet your ass, you're, you're, you're going to mm -hmm. do it too. Right. Because then you're going to think that you're not a good employer or whatever. And it's the exact same thing in families if you start to push up against something that's a dynamic in your family, everybody's going to look at you sideways because they're like, wait, you're jumping ship on this. I thought we were all doing this, right? Which is why it's so hard to shift away from, from family dynamics because you got to, you turn into the black sheep. You say, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to deal with that anymore. I'm, I'm going to put a boundary around it. Or, you know, you can count me out on that dynamic. I'm not going to engage in it anymore. But yes, it starts to shift everything outside of yourself right um, it really starts to trickle mm -hmm. it's probably hard for a little while but then i do think that the effects of your actions really oh, yeah. do start kind of coming outside yourself and and trickling in a positive way yeah just like everything in life um nothing good is 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 easy and so it comes easy and so yeah we have to we're we're gonna have many many um feet to the fire moments you know in in yoga we call it tapas and it's the moment where you dedicate yourself to the fire that you're going to feel when you know that there's something on the other side of it that you want to get, right? So if you look at like a classic yoga class, you know, there's a point where you're like pushing through and you're like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And then you get to the end and you're in Shavasana and you're all happy and, and you're really glad that you <laughs> stuck, stuck with it, right? Even, even the arc of a journey of the, of the yoga class is a journey in and of itself because it teaches you basically when I hold myself with compassion. And when I understand my track, right, this is, this is the one that's right for me. And, and this is the one that I want to ride. 
you're willing to put up with the bumps in the road and the challenges because you know it's in service of something bigger and greater for you. And so, yes, my feet are to the fire. And that does not mean that that takes away the challenge or the pain, but it's in service of something greater, right? And, and I think that these days, instant gratification feels so much more nice. We're used to it. We're an instant gratification society. But then we, we forget that like, that is instant gratification, which means it's not long lasting, which means that we're probably going to feel bad about what we did later, right? And the feet to the fire moment, it's like, yes, we have to, but would you, re- would you rather feel the discomfort for no reason or feel the discomfort in service of something bigger? That's what I tell people all the time, because it's like, even if you're trying to do something sort of very low, low, uh, low stakes, like quit eating so many snacks or, or quit, quit eating sugar, right? You have to know the why, right? Like I want to be healthier or maybe, you know, my blood sugar thing is too high and I'm, our diabetes runs in my family. I have to know the why because I want to live healthier and be better. That'll help me get through those cravings, right? I really want a cookie. No, no, but I know my why and I, I know I got to be better than that. And then after maybe at some time you start to feel proud of yourself and after you've, you've made it through the hard times, you're like, oh, I'm so glad I did that for myself. I feel so much healthier and, you know, whatever versus, oh, but I want the cookie, so I'm just going to eat it. So then I eat the cookie, I feel good. But then what happens? Mm-hmm. I feel guilty, I feel bad, I feel ashamed, I feel all yada, yada. So you, you don't avoid the discomfort. <laughs> you yeah. just experience it at a different time. In a and different one, way. Yeah, and one is a penny in the piggy bank for something bigger, and the other one is just, you know. For you, for yeah. yourself. For the moment. It's for really just, moment. yeah, it's just for the moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. And working towards implementing these things that Fernie's kind of talked about, learning how to drown out the noise, drown out all the extra things that we're inundated with and really return to yourself and self-inquiry, whether that's through therapy. And, and two, it is a, it is a um, monetary you know commitment, but there yes. are programs now. I think that there are people that are working towards creating um, accessible therapy. So look at your options, look at your neighborhood, look at your people, mm-hmm. but there's teachers all around through mm-hmm. books, through articles, mm-hmm. through different things. And it's just the way you choose to kind of start practicing them. Um, yeah. But this conversation has been so good. I oh. feel like fired up. Me too. <laughs> like tackle the world. But my last question that I like to end every interview with or every conversation is, um, and you can talk about, you can answer this like, based on the topic that we've had or just whatever feels good and right to you um, mm-hmm. in a big or small way. But how do you think we as humans are more like than we are different? Oh man, in every way, we all feel all the same feelings. We share this beautiful computer base of all of the same feelings. So no matter who you bump on the street, they felt loss, they felt joy, they've achieved something, they've been in the dirt. And it's through hearing people's stories every day. I'm very lucky that as a therapist, I get to hear so many different stories every day that I realize that we're all just going through the same sort of 10 things always. (laughs) It's like loss or anger or insecurity, whatever it is. But I do feel like what makes us alike is that we're all wired the same way. You know, you could go across the world. You could meet some, I mean, you could meet somebody that's from a completely different culture as, as you, and they will still share the human element of emotions. 
Um, and so I believe that, you know, when we remember that, when we remember that we all experience life in a very similar way, when even your worst enemy has had a very similar moment than you have, that it humanizes the experience of being, you know, up and down and, and there's no more like I'm better than you, right? Because if we've all, if we're all riding the same ship, then who's, who's to say, uh, so for me, it really is just like the way that we're functioned, the way that whoever it was that, that wired us the way that we are, <laughs> right, made us so deeply alike, even though on the outside, we may look very different, or we may speak very differently, or we may have different values. But we're all, you know, little souls in skin suits that are kind of riding the same waves together. And I think that the more open minded we are, and the more we hear other people's stories, like you do, Jackie, like this is a beautiful platform for other people to hear other people's stories, the more open we are to listening, like you said earlier, and to hearing other people's experiences, the more we're going to realize that our differences are, are very, very minimal. And the differences that we do have, we're able to celebrate those in a different type of way. We can definitely celebrate those. Yeah, we can definitely have reverence and respect and, Res- and exactly compassion yeah. even if you don't understand even when you want to beat your head against <laughs> a wall yeah. you can at least recognize that there are more similarities than there are differences. but the differences are what make us beautiful i think so too yeah absolutely i love this this is Yay. so good fernie where can people find you um i i don't know i don't think right now you're not taking on new clients i'm sure everybody's like wanting to like be with you but how <laughs> can people like learn more about you your offerings your anything that you have you've been such a guide for me especially as i've started oh. this journey with the podcast and it is nice to be able to look and aspire to people and not just that but realize there is a way to do things that feel good and right and true for yes. you as the person and not like weird and schemey and like yucky, you know? Yes, so yeah. where can people find you? So everything that I offer is first and foremost on my website. So ferniebarcello.com, which is just my name. And then my Instagram is the same at ferniebarcello. Um, I don't really engage on other platforms. Those are enough for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Um, but yeah, they can find on Instagram. I'm usually posting about any new offerings that I have coming up and new workshops right now. Um, I'm not sure when this episode is going to be released, but this Friday I'm doing my soulful social media workshop which speaking of authenticity is really an offering that I just put together to teach people how to show up on Instagram with authenticity um, and how to use the tools that are already free on Instagram to grow their, their wellness business or whatever they're trying to put out there with heart and with soul instead of feeling schemey and sleazy like a salesman. So that's my one <laughs> offering coming up right now. Um, for uh, people that want to be uh, one-on-one clients with me, they can hop on my wait list. Although it is running a bit long these days, they can still get on there. Um, and hopefully I can get to them soon. And I will have upcoming group programs dealing with inner child work and self-compassion. Cool. Yes, I'm doing those because the wait list is long and I still want to put things out that people can do sort of self-paced and in groups and on their own. So if they want to sign up for my newsletter or just follow me on Instagram, I will update on all of those avenues once I have those uh, sort of further reaching group programs available. 
So definitely go hit her with the follow so you can kind of keep up to date with all the things that she has and then you can choose what feels good and right for you. An aligned step that feels like you're maybe curious about or want to know more about, but I would definitely say her Instagram is a great place to start and checking out her website. I will link all of those in the resources and tag her as I always do in my little Instagram stuff. But um, Fernie, this has been so wonderful and I really I do want to say like I appreciate you taking the time to have so many offline conversations people don't see that but yeah I appreciate that so much you. and you feeling me feeling like you did take me under your wing and talk to me about a lot of things so um, oh, you're spending... so welcome baby. it's my pleasure it's my it's my heart's work it makes me so happy and, and I appreciate your kind words babe thank yeah you so, much. so thank you so much um we will chat very soon y'all stuck that out you guys are the real mvps this was one of my longer episodes so i appreciate you kind of bearing through through the time length of this because there was just so much richness i couldn't get rid of any of it honestly fernie had so many great points throughout the entire episode on living your most aligned life and if this is the only part of the episode that you guys tune into this is just my takeaway is that Hold yourself with kindness. Hold yourself with compassion. Those are some really big key components that Fernie believes puts us on the right track towards living our most aligned lives. Whenever we start doing that, it's just one step in recognizing that we are ourselves living a life for ourselves and kind of drowning out the rest of the noise. I know that that's like a big theme of what I end up talking about here on the podcast, but I think it's something that I really need to hear learning how to look inward, come home to myself so that I can be my best self outward. I love you guys. I'm so happy you were here. Oh, and don't forget, screenshot this episode, share it on social media, tag Fernie at Fernie Barcelo, tag at More Like Podcast. I love to see who's tuning in and let me know what your favorite part of the episode was. Was it the yoga? Was it our chit chat at the beginning? Was it talking about um, being on tracks? Just let me know. I'd love to hear from you guys. We'll talk very soon. Bye.